Welcome to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, where our hearts are our master. A production of CosmicReality.com. And welcome to Cosmic Reality Radio Show. It's May 16th, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins, and with me is Walt Silva and Dolly Howard. I do believe. So, Walt, hi. Uh, Gotta take the the mute out. (laughs) You want to say hello to everybody? Hello, everybody. Thank you for being here this fine evening. And I, I hope we'll keep you entertained. Yes, we've got Dolly back. She wasn't here with Say What, but we had a really good show. Is Mona in, in the audience? I didn't even... Well, no. Was, no? Mm-mm. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so... Dolly was fighting ghosts in the machine earlier. Yes, I was. Most nasty ghosts. She's Well, just give it up already. <laughs> Walt fixed it up for me. He cost me... Where's my list? <laughs> Besides paying them, uh, it cost me $142.31. Because <laughs> I did go ahead and sign up for the Sea Queen. It was 20 some, about 20 some dollars. So I thought, why not for a year? So I did that. He fixed my computer and got me signed up for AVG. Uh, yeah, because unfortunately, it's very nice, and it sounds very nice when you get free things, but how much do you get for free? Do you get anything worthwhile? <laughs> I don't know. But when we when you signed me into that, uh, the Prime AVG, I could see where it did clean stuff up. What's, it, what's, it? A, what's AVG? I'm not even familiar it's, with it. It's the name of, of an antiviral program. And oh. her version that he, she had in the machine was the free version. She was downloaded from free from the internet. So, and it was flagging all these conditions that needed to be corrected in her machine. And of course, it's not going to correct them because it's the free version of the program, which means that anything significant or anything of value, you are not getting for free. <laughs> so so uh, it wasn't expensive at all, not for example, compared, compared to Norton Antivirus. So that's why she chose the... Uh, she chose the option, you know, which one to get and downloaded the uh, the registered version. I've got Norton's and that's partially because it's got the life track mm-hmm. thing on it too, you know, and it is expensive. And a lot of times I think about it and I go, you know, ever since I put it on, I have not had a problem. So I'm going to go with it because... Well, it's, I don't know if it's the best anymore, but, you know, it is what it is. But that life track, I really feel much more comfortable with it. What's a life track? 
What does that do? It it watches the web for any activity with your name involved in it. So if somebody tried to steal my mortgage, I would be notified immediately. Um, and I know this because I had a situation where I had to, <clears throat> somebody had stolen the identity of the nonprofit Cosmic Reality Shungite. Any idea who could have done that? And mm-hmm. set up an eBay store uh, and was selling like, I don't know. It was bit, what, They sent me a tax form saying I owed $50,000 or something to the to the government and I freaked out, you know, and so but eBay to their credit were very, very uh, efficient and didn't question me, you know, other than to say, okay, let's look at this and this and then, you know, it was very obvious that my computer had never accessed under that login. And so then they uh, put me through this routine and you all have probably gone through it at one time or another where they say, okay, uh, if you ever, do you, do you, do you, they give you a list and, and on it's, it's different type of cars. Do any of these look familiar? And of course, you've got to identify the ones you've owned. Or uh, addresses. Do any of these addresses look familiar, right? That type of thing. Well, I can't remember that. The, the car is okay, but addresses? Oh, my heavenly day. I do not remember addresses. And this guy was so funny. He was like, I'm I'm freaking out. Oh God! Oh God! If I gotta prove myself because of this, I always flunk these things. And he was laughing, and he said, "We'll get you through it," you know. And he did. He kind of gave me little hints, and once he gave me the little hint, I was like, "Oh yeah, that was the address of the company I worked for in my last job," you know, stuff like this. It was. Uh, but anyway, <clears throat> before I even virtually finished that test. I was getting notification on my phone and in my email from Lifetrack that somebody was trying to self-identify me as them. And was it was it me? Is this you? You know, so just to be able to have that kind of a response, that immediate, it because of, I mean, my life is this computer. And um, so I said, no, I'm, I, it's a lot of money. I don't really know that I need it. But it makes me feel better, and as long as I can afford it, I'm going to do it. But I didn't never. Yeah, I'll have to talk to you about that other one. <laughs> um, okay, so Dolly, you have a list. Oh, yeah, I do. Mm, okay. Um, uh, we can put that down. Okay, I oh the reason I did that was when we were use. When I was listening to Shungite show, my cursor went absolutely apeshit. I had no control over it. And then so I thought, I'm gonna I'm gonna close my computer, shut it off. Well the darn thing kept coming right back on. And I'd shut it off and came right back on. And then uh I was thinking, well somebody's in my computer, then got control. And that's when I'm sitting here hollering, Walt, I need you. Get off that darn show. <laughs> so after the show, he he uh, got into the view team viewer and fixed me up. That's why we went through that. Um, well, what did you find that was causing the mouse to go crazy, Walt? 
I didn't find anything out of the ordinary. The only thing that I found, like I said, is that uh, AVG was reporting all these uh, distortions in the registry of the machine, uh, but it couldn't. But it wasn't uh, capable of fixing it because it was the non-registered version of the software. So once the software was registered, uh, the uh, the errors were corrected. And then after that, I uh, I did the uh, uh, what do you call it? the C cleaner to uh, clean up uh, stuff in the machine, and that was that was it. That, that was all that was done. Whatever it was found by a there was some kind of distortion or some issue with the registry, but the problem was that uh, this thing was incapable of fixing it because it was the free version. Once it uh, it, it it happened and uh, we rebooted twice. Uh, whatever was going on, it stopped because the, the machine didn't was not acting irregular anymore. I have seen that when you're you're trying to do things, but the machine says no. I don't want to feel like that. I want to do this other thing. It's, it's you're like oh god no 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 no. That that's that, that's what happened with that user. That it, it was so it was so, it it was kind of a. Uh, infuriating because here I am one phone a call away and instead of accepting these people calling on the phone oh your machine has this problem you have give me you must give me your permission to do this well you are on the phone with somebody couldn't you just hang up get call me let me check the machine and I can tell you this now she would she would call me but after the person had had been given access to the machine you know how many times I cleaned up her registry and I would find, I would actually go piece by piece with a fine tooth comb over through the registry and I would find the uh, inserted entries. Like for example, uh, TeamViewer is the one I use. There's a, there's a, um, there was another one. Uh, it's called uh, Log Me In. Log Me In is very, very subtle. It puts these entries that don't even look like the the name of the product, which is log me in, and but it, it it'll have statements, and in the statement is the the log me in spiel that it uses. So these are the little back doors that they leave in the registry. So when it when it executes, because when a, your machine boots, it has to process the entire registry. That's why uh, like C cleaners programs clean out unnecessary entries because when the when the registry gets bloated and bases bigger and bigger, it takes longer and longer for the machine to boot because by default it has to process every entry. No matter how insignificant, no matter even if the program isn't there anymore, it doesn't matter. It's an entry in the registry and it has to be processed. That's why Cleaner is it's so nifty that it actually cleans up the stuff that's just you are using up space in your machine because it's not doing anything. Uh, many programs are guilty of this. Uh, case in point, for example, let's say uh, you uninstalled Adobe Acrobat. Adobe uh, has like a zillion entries. And guess what? They stay in the registry, even though the product is not only in the machine. So everything in the registry, again, it has to be processed, whether you like it or not. So. Okay, now what he's talking about is C, like the letter C, cleaner. And I got introduced to it because he put it in my machine when he was coming in and cleaning everything up. But then <clears throat> I said, 
uh, well, I would forget to get him in there. You know, anyway, so I said, I can do this myself. <laughs> and so I learned how to use the sea cleaner, and it's, not, it's just a piece of cake. It's so easy to use. And it, it, it does, it makes such a difference because now that I'm doing it, it's like, well, I think it's been maybe a couple weeks now since I did the last sea clean. But it's you go and you just say, check to see if there's any registry problems, and it steps you through it, you know, easy, one click. And up comes all these entries. And so then you say, okay, get rid, fix, fix these entries that you just gave me. And it does that, and immediately after those are out of the machine, I can feel the machine working much smoother. And this is something that everybody should just be aware of. Oh, okay. Um, and you have to reboot after the, doing that cleaning because a lot of those entries that got processed, uh, for example, if it processed something that has been uninstalled or it's no longer there, it's still sitting in memory because it was processed. So you, by rebooting the machine, it will reload the registry, but this time it's, going, it's reloading a cleaner re registry. So that's well, always... My, my habit is to do it just before I shut down. You know, it's like, uh, okay, now I'm going to... Because I, I, I think you taught me this, you know, when you're doing something like cleaning and stuff like that, have your other programs shut down so that they're not involved in anything. And so I get ready to shut down, and then I pull up the C cleaner, and I just tell it to do its thing. And you can get a free version of that. I went and I think it was it was I think it was thirty three dollars for a year or something. No, not much at all. So I I as a user, you know, you don't need Walt as a computer guy to figure that one out. Although I liked him coming in and fixing. <laughs> we talk and stuff but uh, okay so Dolly your list uh oh sorry I couldn't get my I couldn't get on the never mind um, so I got C cleaner for one year and it was twenty four ninety five. I paid for it today so that's what that scription was and the AVG thing was uh fifty seven thirty six for uh two years. Walt wanted me to do three years. I told him I don't think I'm gonna be here three more years. I don't want to spend the money. She's in <laughs> such a rush. <laughs> oh my gosh. So they're pretty they're pretty inexpensive for what they do. So anyway, um <clears throat> You all were talking about Florida. Uh, Walt brought up that we always say, oh, it's so shallow, you dig like three feet and get water. And that there's there's UFOs that fly into the water uh, to go down somewhere in Florida. Well, I was thinking that all along I've thought this because of the UFOs that are seen going down in the water under Florida. Um, I've always thought, yes, Florida is, is uh, it has water underneath it. And so we, if we dig too far, we get water. But 
I believe underneath that, there's like a mountain range or something where they have put a U.S. base uh, and the UFO, UFO and U.S. base probably combined or separately are down underneath Florida. That's what my thought was. <clears throat> uh, so I wanted to say that and see what you guys think about my thought. It makes sense, Dolly, because, uh, the okay, so when we talk about the water underneath us, it's the aquifer. Years ago, back in the 70s, they decided that they were going to put a, a canal all the way across the northern part of Florida, <clears throat> like the Panama Canal, but this would be the Florida Canal, so that ships didn't have to go all the way around the peninsula into the Gulf and vice versa. So they started the whole operation, it was funded, and they started digging. And that's when they got the attention of the people that are in the know. And the people that are in the know are said, said to them, are you people insane? Because it, it, the Florida, from without the concept of something underneath it, okay, is like a floating coral bed. The limestone comes from shells and you know the the shells and whatever else I guess shells of the ocean fish that then over many many thousands many I don't know how long it takes for the, a pile of this to get into a limestone configuration that we now have as what is the peninsula of Florida and inside that rivers from Georgia have come down they sort of like go underground and they fill our aquifer. Now we also get it filled by rainwater, but they have had, I saw this amazing video. It was like an hours long, maybe longer, um, but they have access to the aquifer in some of these um, uh, springs, I guess they call them, these deep water, you know, all of a sudden there's a, it's not very big, but it's, it's a deep, like a cave down there underneath the water. And so they dove down there with uh, scuba gear and they proceeded to swim in the aquifer, aquifer. Now, you got the cameras down inside it seeing what the swimmers are seeing, but above it, <clears throat> you got equipment that is GPS following them and showing that right now they're under a McDonald's. <laughs> And, you know, then they'd keep swimming and you and they were following what was happening, where they were in, in comparison to the to the to the surface area. It was absolutely fascinating. But one of the scariest things I've ever seen, because these entries and out, you know, getting in and out of this aquifer is very limited. So if they have any problem between the two pit stops, let's say, they ain't going to get out of there. There's no way out, you know. Um, but that was when I understood about the aquifer. But the question is, is like one time I was listening to uh, Norcross, who was the, a weatherman. Uh, Alan Nor, Nor, I'm trying to think of what his first name is. But his last name is Norcross. And he was very influential during uh, Hurricane Andrew. Because he stayed on the radio, they kept that station, that TV station, live for the entire, and, and the 
storm went almost right through the the station. Um, so so they they were were they basically he was the voice that people were hearing, telling them what was happening to them as they're hearing you know trees come down and wind that was like screaming like like uh, trains you know just screaming. Uh, scary stuff but he talked people through this and he's was considered a real hero here in the in the state and then he went to the weather channel so the concept i think it was after the 2004 tsunami and he did this very interesting presentation about the water off the atlantic coast of florida and he said the areas that you see these tremendous waves you know just inundate the 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 beaches are places where it the water gets more shallow as it comes in so you got deep water and then it starts getting more shallow and now the waves can build up on top of this and just build into enormous uh sized waves but in florida that doesn't happen I think he called it the Atlantic, what was it? It's it's like, it doesn't get shallow. <laughs> it just stays deep. And almost comes up against a wall. So he, he was telling people, don't panic in Florida, because it's very, based on what he knew and, you know, was, was talking about, you're not going to have that kind of a situation because you just don't have the geography for it. So if that's true, then, and I always wondered, I said, okay, so you got a floating coral bed, because when they stopped that channel, they said to him, if you dig up this channel, this canal that you want to dig up, you're going to break this coral bed off from the mainland, and it could easily start floating. And I got excited. I said, oh, we're going to float farther south and they went no the north you're going to go north because it's going to get you caught in the uh, gulf stream and you're going to go north and i'm going to go florida will end up in nova scope no no stop that digging <laughs> it's like you know which they did do i actually thought that that was so stupid that you know 20 years 20 30 years i guess it was probably i'm going i must have made that up that can't be they couldn't have done that and then my boss at the last place, one day we got talking about something, and he started talking about it. And I said, so it's true. He says, he looked at me weird, and he said, yeah, it's true. I said, okay, good, good. I did remember it right. <laughs> so, yeah, you might be right. There might be, uh, we might be sitting on some kind of a mountain range underneath there. But it also um, makes me think of the, in terms of Atlantis. Because the way that I understand it from my interpretation of a lot of things, but particularly Edgar Casey, Atlantis started out as a very large continent and then through a number of events ended up breaking up into five different islands. So is it conceivable that what's underneath us was part of the Atlantean supergiant continent? I don't know. But... Yeah, Dolly, it, it's quite, in my opinion, having lived here for all this time, that it, that that sort of sounds right from a metaphysics standpoint, but also from, I can understand how it could happen. I hope that helped you out. Look at yeah. Lemuria, it was almost, it, it almost encompassed the entire Pacific. It was so huge. It was bigger than Africa. 
So that disappeared in, in the ocean. Yeah, well, except for islands. I, I feel it. But I, uh, I never tell people because they think I'm nuts anyway. But I feel like I can feel this mountain range underneath Florida, like underneath my house area, my my land. And uh, I, I think, well, I should go down there and look, you know, well, bring it to me and look. And uh, I just haven't done it, but I sort of have. I don't know how to explain that. It feels like I have been there before. Well, and you've been to the sun, so you, why, why shouldn't you be able to go to this place? Well, when when we went in the tunnel place, I got a little freaked out. I didn't want to. I don't want to go anywhere alone again. Mm. I prefer to have Nancy there with me. <laughs> That well, again, you know, I was thinking about the, the remote viewing concept, and it's like we could easily sit here and we could talk about remote viewing that particular area, but it's almost like a misuse of power because what 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 why would we be doing it? Because we're we're kind of you know just want to know type yeah. of thing. Because we're nosy. Because we're nosy, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, which probably I well I just heard Dave say it <laughs> again. Don't poke poke your nose into something you're not you know. <laughs> you shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it's like I kind of get that feeling that it, it, remote viewing is uh it, it is a gift. It's one you can learn, but to do it successfully, you have to be really dedicated to doing it for the right reasons, and. Caution. I mean, I hear people all the time saying, oh, there's nothing to it. Well, there isn't anything to it to actually do it. You just have to be able to imagine it. But there are a lot of different situations that I've gotten into just kind of imagining, you know, oh, I wonder if I can do that. And boom, you're there. Um, but I caution people to do it because... They check with your guides and, and say, you know, should I be looking at this? And if they say yes, you know, um, sometimes I've been fooled into doing a remote that I wasn't looking to do. Uh, all of a sudden I was there and I'm like, uh oh, where am I? <laughs> you know, and and uh, found out that, oh, yes, there's something happening here. What is it? You know, type of situation. So. It, it it's it's something that you have to do with respect because whenever whenever you do that whenever you step out of your own time everything everything is connected to everything and every time you make a move you're affecting the morphic field of humanity and as you are looking you are you are being looked at <laughs> yes yes and that's the other part of it that's the other part. I, I was doing a remote, and it was for a very specific reason. Um, it was uh, 
being orchestrated by, let's say, the United States government. <laughs> Uh, but it was it was the people working for the government. They didn't want the government to know that I existed. But they knew that they had run into somebody that could remote view like nobody they'd ever seen before. So they and they desperately needed a piece of information. So they asked me if I would you know look at it. And when I when I did, good lord, I got scared. I I was so scared. I never felt that kind of fear. It was like I okay, I'm, I'm focusing on what they want me to look at. And, um, you know, so as, you, as you're focusing on it, you, it's coming closer. You're going, you, you're bringing the imaging to yourself, actually. But it, it was, you know, and as it got closer, like, it, I, was, I was outside a building, and inside the building was what they wanted me to look at. But before I could go through the building, all of a sudden, I was seeing SWAT stickers and feeling fear that was like, I mean, scary, scary fear that threw me right out of the remote. And I attempted to do it a couple more times, but every time it was just like, I went back and I said, I can't get through their, the, the, you know, their, what they're doing. And they said, that's the problem all of our remote viewers have. We can't get through that energy block. And so they, the way they explained it to me was that the, other side, the one the, the the ones that that we would call the black hats, that they actually have trained psychics who just essentially hang out waiting for somebody to do exactly what I did, and then when they do, they focus on that person, and uh, jam them. In my case, they use the symbol of the SWAT sticker because you know I've got a German connection there. That that those people. So anyway. Um, yeah, so I don't think we'll do that, darling. I don't think we'll take a look. We'll just oh, goody. Assume it's there. Yes, because I, I feel it. There's yeah. difference between feeling and uh, and doing the what, what we were talking about sights, not sightseeing. Remote viewing. Remote viewing. Yes. We don't want to sight sightsee. <laughs> That's what we don't want to do. We want to remote view for a specific purpose. You know. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah. I, I everything t in me is saying yes. What Dolly's seeing is is real, and then you say that you know you're getting the information from the uh, what do they call it? Exopolitics. What is that website, Walt? Yeah, yeah. Exopolitics. Exopolitics. Yeah. They sure do have some stories over there, don't they? <laughs> okay. So, something else on your list? Um, yes, uh, several things, but I want to mention this. I turned on uh, the five, but I saw a little bit of Neil Cavuto before the five started, and uh, they were talking about now <laughs> the black hats are wanting to use schools as migrant shelters. And people are all up in arms about it, and I'm glad. Uh, <clears throat> so there's a couple, there's several things I can see through that maneuver. Keep the kids out of school, because they know people will get upset and take their kids out of schools and uh, dumb them down. 
by keeping them out of schools. And I saw that they're going to come out with an, another uh, illness. It's got to do with pneumonia. So don't get all, don't go out and, I can't say that. Um, I will not go out and take their vaccines for that either because I don't trust them ever anymore. So just think about it if they're coming out with, here, you need to do this, you need to do that. You think about it. Make your own decision. Don't get scared into making a decision. Uh, look at all the aspects of it. So please, uh, don't just run around like a chicken with its head cut out. Cut well, out. Does the government have any credibility left regarding this pandemic? I mean, it's been proven beyond shadow of a doubt. Some do people have? do, though, Walt. They do, the ones who bury their head in the sand. Oh, my goodness. They don't want to know that stuff. Mm. Too scary, or they yeah. don't. <clears throat> Tomorrow it, we're going to be, um, or no, I guess it was last week on Radio 5G. We had, uh, oh, I'll think of her name, Dr. Lee Merritt was on, and she pointed out a rather stark fact, I think it was that show, that 90% of the population will actually do nothing to save themselves. She wasn't citing where she got the information, but they were just talking in terms of, you know, w same thing we're talking about, you know, how many people have, who, 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 wh what do we have to do to make these people wake up? It, it's there. But the best example of what happens is what's happening with the Durham report. Now, for those people that are American citizens, you've been hearing about the Durham report since, uh, well, 2016, or just slightly after that. And it's this thing that uh, the FBI, and then it was the basis for the, the, the original impeachment concept, because they were saying that Donald Trump had been influenced by the Russians, and that's why he became president of the United States. Russia, 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 right? Well, the Durham report was a committee or a, a, a special counsel, I think they call it, to look into this whole thing about, you know, the Russian in, supposedly getting him president in 2016. And it took forever. I mean, it's what is it? I think it's four years. It's just it's absolutely nuts how long it took. And when he came out, when the report was issued, which was a couple of days ago, they basically said, and it disappointed a lot of people because it basically said, well, it was a cover-up that didn't ever happen. The Clintons were the ones that were responsible for the whole mess starting up, that Obama knew, that Biden knew, and it was an attempt to stop the Trump presidency. And it didn't say, we're going to... Uh, indict these people and this person and da 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 but they, the facts that they laid out which were not in your face screaming at you all right showed exactly what happened it was all a, a plan by the clinton admit the clintons to make people think that donald trump was a russian spy or something 
so I mean it's a 300 page report so you got Fox people that are trying to kind of like make it look like it is more than it is and it's in and of itself it proves that it was all BS and they spent millions of dollars impeaching the president and everything else for something that were lies that then the FBI and uh, CIA and the rest of them, the Justice Department, used to not, the, the, Hillary Clinton was never brought into the picture, you know, but she was behind it. At the same time, she was caught with a whole lot of secret documents, you know, uh, that shouldn't have been on her personal computer. And so what she did was she erased everything on the computer, but then took a sledgehammer to every, the computer, the different phones. I mean, she, she busted them all up. And the Comey at the time, the head of the FBI said, well, yeah, she did some bad things, but no prosecutor would try to prosecute her. And they dropped it. Whereas there wasn't anything that was true about the dossier that said that it was the, the Russians were intruding on the presidency. And there was no, no, I mean, even the FBI was saying that the person that was toting this from Russia couldn't be trusted, but they went with it anyway. And so it was really a comparison of how the Justice Department and the FBI are approaching either a Republican or a Democrat. So <laughs> then they went, then, then Fox did a whole montage of how the you know, CNN, MSNBC, NBC, ABC, how they were putting out the information. And if you listen to those people, you had to wonder exactly what in the hell was happening because they just poo-pooed it. Oh, the Durham report came out and there was nothing in it and blah, 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 blah. So um, the, the problem here, Walt, is that a good portion of the people out there are being lied to and that's the, that's what they're hearing they're not hearing the truth they're they're hearing the lies it's all in the way of the presentation of the information let's hope this man makes headway in uh, twitter this this tucker fellow that he he's set to make a a truth platform in twitter because Twitter hasn't been infiltrated like uh, the like the regular the the mass stream media. Well, I I listened to uh, not to Tucker his latest uh, video on on Twitter, and he said that he's going to be doing the same thing he's been doing for all these years on Fox and, you know, reporting, but he will be able to say more things. He'll be able to say the truth and not just the partial truth. And he's also going to be doing a couple other things that he says will interest it in. Um, so, uh, he solidified what he had said before. Don't worry, folks. I'll see you soon. And now he's trying to tell us, don't worry. I'll be here doing this stuff at plus more. So he says, you'll like it. Um, so 
Hopefully, it'll happen sooner than later. Well, the the Twitter thing, Walt, is it, that's the co- company, the social media that uh, Tucker, not Tucker, Musk took over, Elon Musk. And then he released the internal emails and they found out that, t- that Twitter, which had Donald Trump on it, he got rid of him and a lot of other re- Republicans and, you know, alternative people just wouldn't. They, they they weren't allowed to be seen, basically. And then sometimes they were just thrown off as they did the president. Those people have been outed. And Musk has now taken over the con- company. So the situation is, is really, it's, it's kind of, you know, an interesting thing that's happening here. Because when Musk took over Twitter, as best as I can figure out, a lot of advertisers quit. Twitter. Now, Twitter was the biggest social platform for politicians and big companies. Uh, all of the correspondents, Fox, MSNBC, all of them had Twitter accounts and they used it as their primary social interaction with the you know community at large. So what you got is a situation where Musk has got control of Twitter but he lost his advertisers. So now Tucker is out of Fox, but Tucker was so powerful in the, the that an arena that he, I'm sure that his show, to be an advertiser on his show, was a very, very expensive thing to do. So it may be the best of all worlds. Now Musk has got you know, the number one guy on that other alternative uh, arena that is now in his arena and it may bring in the may bring in advertisers, big advertisers back into Twitter. So it's it's uh, it's a very interesting situation that's occurring. I actually thought that they would go with Rumble. I was vocal vocal about that for a lot of reasons because Twitter was so tainted. But the oddity is that what within a month of him being fired he had had elon musk on his show and interviewed him so it's an interesting little power play that is i'm with dolly you know i can't wait for it to start up again yep very excited i can't imagine that the Fox Network isn't hurting very, very badly because the people that are trying, they, they're putting up different hosts to see who can handle that, you Tucker's know, that spot. Tucker's. Yeah. And the only one I actually went and listened to any of it was uh, uh, Jay Junior's daughter there. What's her name? Oh, Mc- <clears throat> Kay, uh, Kaylee, Kaylee Mc, Mc, whatever. Uh, yeah, I know it, but I can't say it now. She was very good. Mac and Nanny, Kaylee yeah. Mac. Yeah, she, <laughs> she was good, and I did watch. She was on for a week, and uh, I did well. I think she's a pretty good presenter, but the rest of them, it's like I haven't watched five minutes of of the shows since he left. Nope, I haven't watched him. Other than her, yeah. I haven't watched him at all. 
I decided to poop on them. They take Tucker out. But here I am pissing and moaning about Tucker being taken off. But it's the best thing in the world that happened to him. Especially since he gained all this notoriety. Yep. Yep. It's a game changer. Yes. Big game changer. The only thing I watch now is sometimes Gutfeld and The Five. I think somebody thought that there would be no life after Fox. And he proved them wrong. There is life after Fox. <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> well, if, if if somebody's behind it, you know, it's uh, it's Fox. Fox. The others are doing terrible. They don't have any any readers, uh, listeners, viewers at all compared really? to Fox. And then you know, Fox slashed its own throat, and so you kind of got to think that. Well, it's very strange that it's happening, but it just may be that it, it, this is the way they're taking down the media. Yeah. 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 Mostly through the media's own words or lack of words. Yes. Yep. Yep. So it's well, going to be interesting to see. Mostly through the media's inability to tell the truth. It's, it's such an ingrained thing among them, such a culture thing, never tell the truth, that it, now that the energy of the entire, you know, this sector of the galaxy is changing, uh, it doesn't work anymore. If you don't, if you don't tell the truth about something, it blows up. Even, even Tucker said it himself, yep. where he, he found the, that when you don't say the truth, it, it, it's like your words have no energy behind it. It, it's like a soap bubble. It blows up. There's no substance. Uh, it just occupies space, and then it, it disappears. There's no substance to it, nothing holding it in place. But when you say the truth, I mean, that. what's one of the things that uh, I would hear my, my father tell me as, as a little kid is like, when you don't have, when you don't, when you tell the truth, you don't have to have a good memory at all. <laughs> but when you when when you're a a pathological liar, you have, you better have a perfect perfect recollection because you have to keep remembering every single lie and every single modification that you make. So you can't afford to be wrong, and that's one of the details that you notice with uh, pathological liars. They are very consistent with their lies in order to maintain uh, consistency. But when you tell the truth. Of course, if you tell something, there's going to be slight variations because, you know, human memory, what it is, you'll maybe you might not remember a detail, uh, the color of something, or uh, maybe you can you think of a two and it's three. Well, you know, minute de- details like that. But when somebody has that recollection necessary for good, effective lying, they're almost like mach- they're machine like in their position. They remember the details. I mean, down to the minutia of of, the, of whatever the lie is, because it is a is a lie. So they have to be consistent with their lies. They they can't afford to deviate from it. Whereas if you're telling the truth, you don't have to have a good memory. You just have to remember to tell the truth. It's it's like with that guy in back in New York, my ex, one of the, my ex landlords. He wanted to sue me for fifty thousand dollars claiming 
that I had uh, rented out the the backyard and that I was collecting rent on the on the vehicles that were rented. First of all, only one vehicle at all was rented, and that money was sent to the landlord because I, I when I showed up in court, I showed the t the canceled check. Here's the check of the money that was sent to the landlord for the car that was in the parking lot. So and then you you get um, you know the pet the 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 transcript. You know the the people. What do you call the the, the stenographers? Is the people that are typing as you're talking? The the court stenographer is it? Is it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then what they they want what they the lawyer's office does they send you the printout of the court stenographer's what the court stenographer said and you're you're supposed to go over the entire thing and you're supposed to make corrections if you're in the disagreement to what it says. And I caught them right away. And the reason I caught them right away is because I knew my story backwards and forwards because I, I had told it so many times. And I, and two key points in the in my statement were altered. In the stenographer statement, it was incorrect. So I crossed it off, put my initials and I and I wrote the correction. And it turns out that the response to my edits was that he he canceled the motion and he he uh, he pulled back his uh, lawsuit. There was no lawsuit. He canceled everything. Well, of course, <laughs> he, he he was trying to make a lie pass as the truth, and it it wasn't truth. But you have to have your eyes open to see these details because he wasn't as good as Biden and crew. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the one of the the whole thing is so idiotic. But Biden um, went off to the beach again this weekend, and he's on the bicycle again. You know, the one he fell off of the last but, time he was. But doesn't at the, beach. the mask come off with the water from the beach and on the sand, and and doesn't that affect the mask? Apparently not. Oh. And so he he starts off on his bike ride, and there's a a pool of uh, reporters there and he stops now he doesn't give any speeches or anything because he's you know he does so poorly at it but he stops and he starts taking questions from these people and the people I think it was on Gutfeld they they were hysterically laughing because they knew exactly what had happened this was a Mother's Day weekend alright Sunday Mother's Day here's Biden now and talking to these reporters. That's what we see, right? But behind the scenes, what was being reported by the people that know more behind the scenes stuff is that this was a holiday. And so the people who were on call in case they can run out and talk to the president because he's going from here to there uh, are all like the lowest of the lowest. They had to work on the holiday. So they get a, a probably 10 minutes before this thing happens they get notification that oh he's going to stop and he's going you know so they run out there well the questions were so lame so amateurish i mean the question that they kept that, that sent them all into absolute hysterics was uh mr president did you have a nice mother's day <laughs> what's your favorite color <laughs> did you eat ice cream I mean, it was like <laughs> the questions were so amateurish and it, but that's what they'll do. They'll say, oh yeah, he had a, 
a press conference on and Sunday, you know. No, you set the press up to look like they were, you know, that he's just, oh, it was just so funny. So if you, if you, yeah, I know, I know a lot of people out there, they don't want to see any of this. Well, I really don't want to see any of this either. But if we don't see it, we don't, if we don't watch for it, we don't see it. And the lies that they make, I mean, continually, lie after lie after lie. And now people are, are you know, uh, the Speaker of the House, <laughs> he, I don't even know what, what they said to him because it was one of these clips. And he goes, he, he, he listens to this person and then he starts to laugh and he said, it's a lie. <laughs> you know, just they're just blurting it out. It's another lie. And so every time you turn around and you're listening to people that aren't part of the the cabal, the Democratic Party, and, and I'm sorry, but it is the Democratic Party. They've got it pretty well stacked with people that can be bought and sold. And um, so why did Kennedy join the Democratic Party? Was was that a special maneuver? No, he's always been a Democrat. The, oh. the, the Democratic Party was the party of the Kennedys. Oh. I mean, I don't know if he, he ever changed it, but he's... You Is know, he planning but, to fix it? No, he's not. He, the, the, well, he's influencing it already because he's got 19% of the, you know, the... Uh, what do they call it when you, people say they'll vote for him? Democrats. What is that? Polls. The poll? polls. Yeah, the polls. That He's already got 19% of the polls saying that they would vote for Robert Kennedy. Uh, which doesn't sound like much, but it's very impressive for somebody who has never been a politician. He's riding on his, his name. Um, and he is, you see him out there being interviewed a little bit more than he was before. Uh, so the influence that he's making is making people see an alternative. In the in the game that's up right now, I, I mean, I, if you wanted to, if you wanted to be president of the United States, I'd say go for it. You know, I'll give you the chance. So maybe, maybe he could do it, but it's the machinery in the Democratic Party is not going to allow it. Remember, B Bernie Sanders was winning the primaries, and they basically changed the numbers, and Bernie lost Iowa or whatever one of the first ones was, and everybody knew it had happened. But nothing was done about it. It was very blatant. There's so many things that everybody goes, well, that's not right. Why did you do that? That's not even legal. And they just go on. Nobody, Nobody's brought to trial. Nobody's questioned. It's like, it's unbelievable how much they're getting away with. But they're now doing it because they've always gotten away with it. So they figure, what the heck, I'll do it. Well, I don't think that you can say that they always got it. This is something that's happened in the last two decades. You know, before that, there were judicial, I mean, people would get subpoenaed, then they'd show up. Now that you get a subpoena from Congress and they go, no, we're not going to bother talking to you. It's a change, Dolly. This is not what it's always been. Oh, Okay. In my, I mean, I, I've watched this for a long time, and you used to be able to catch somebody in in a a problem, and they would, you know, lose their jobs at least. Now they don't even lose their jobs. I mean, Fetterman, they voted for Fetterman. 
Does this make any sense? No, because they needed him. They voted for Joe Biden. Do you think he really won that election? Absolutely not. But they've mucked with the elections. They've mucked with the way people are thinking, if they're thinking at all. It's been proven over and over. Look at Mike, uh, uh, the pillow guy, Lindell. He proved every step of it. Yeah. And showed it over and over and over, and nobody will pay attention. Well, haven't haven't they proven already how the the vax is a kill shot, and still people are lining up to get to get shot? Absolutely. So uh, I guess this is this is their way of proving. Oh, our control methods are impeccable. We are winning at every turn. It's pretty peculiar. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I know. That they can get away with it. Yep. They're allowed to every time lately. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Huh. But. Uh, Okay, so is there anything you wanted more to say about that? Not before break time, because what I have... Uh, oh, well, one thing I think I can do quickly. You know when the uh, the latest uh, thing is going on, where the Marine or the, the serviceman supposedly choked to death the man on the on the train because the man was being threatening to the other people and most of the people on the train were reported to be black and the guy who tackled the crazy man was white um there's a lot of things going on in this scenario and uh who was it Somebody, somebody, was it, I don't, I don't, Gutfeld even said uh, the man was, re, was reportedly breathing when the serviceman let go of his neck and turned him over to do life-saving maneuvers on him. So people have seen him, that he was breathing when the guy let go of his neck and, and flipped him over. So, in my way of thinking, this is another frickin' false flag. It's another George Floyd thing. George Floyd, he wasn't killed in that thing. And, and this guy is probably in a safe house somewhere or put up somewhere. He didn't die. But now they're going to drag this out for everybody to see. So, uh... I just wondered, am I the only one that thinks crazy? Well, in my opinion, both of those people died. I checked in with somebody who's been trained to essentially put a chokehold on somebody. And I said to them, uh, they had seen the, the, you know, the video. And they said, oh, the, the fact that they breathed after that has nothing to do with whether they were technically alive or not. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Why but would they breathe? Because they've got lung, their their lungs are still full of, haven't you ever seen, well, never mind, their lungs were still full of, of air. 
And so, you know, the, the they've stopped probably not enough oxygen to the brain. Um, and so that when they die, that stuff that's still in their bodies goes out as a breath. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Very interesting. And they haven't come back with the toxicology either. It's like, yes, George Floyd was being essentially manhandled by the by the police officer. But what really killed him was the fact that he was on so many drugs. Yeah. That his system could not recover. And so without the toxicology, this guy could have been on something. He could have had some other issues, you know. I mean, it but but again, uh, the, the the number one thing that that well, I didn't I, that I think should people should pay attention to is something that we wouldn't think about unless you rode the subways. And one of the things about the subways is that you see so much awfulness on them that you're kind of like get on the somebody reported that on the same train, but another car, a different car. They had a crazy person at the same time going nuts, and they called the police. So when the train stopped, they thought that the police were coming to them. But in fact, they were going to another car and the same train. The one where Penny, you know, had the the situation occurring. So when, when you know, you go like, this is the life of a subway traveler? And one of the things that they got to talking about was the fact that they don't use the 911. They don't call the police. If they, if so many of the people, passengers on the car actually put in a 911 call, this is something out of the ordinary. And they were very, very scared because they're used to seeing really crazy people doing really crazy stuff and nobody picks up the 911. So whatever they were perceiving was very scary to them. And, you know, for all we know, it was somebody that was possessed by a demon that was that that they were seeing something that was just awful, not even human. Right. I I agree with that. Yeah. You know, and it scared the bejeebies out of them, especially after my demon. I believe that. Yes. Okay, we're at the top of the hour. Let me take a moment to say thank you to the lovely people who make distribution of this podcast possible. Mysticalwares.com in Mount Vernon, Washington. Dedicated to exploring both the known and the unknown, then helping provide the products and tools to expand your reach. Mystical Wares, Mount Vernon, Washington. If you are experiencing spiritual stasis, head to Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon because it is a metaphysical oasis. And they are actually lovely people, and they really do have a huge inventory. So get yourselves up there, and if you don't want to drive all the way, go ahead and visit them on their .com. I am Ani, mad as the day is long, Abadician. Stand up and claim your sovereignty. We are divine beings, not disposable commodities. Don't drink cheap booze. Remain alert and amused, but above all, my darlings, let the spirit inhabit the human.
And welcome back to Cosmic Reality Radio Show. It's May 16th, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins, and with me is Walt Silva and Dolly Howard. Yes, you guys are here, correct? Yep, yep. Yep, yep. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, then. So, um, you got more of a list? You said you had a lot. Yeah, I have more. I just want to mention to to the people who come in the chat room, our listeners who come in there, if you get that message that I got uh, about an M-I-N-N-I-T uh, register for that, for a different chat room, that comes, I, I, I'm assuming it comes back into our chat room. But um, I found out I don't have to do that to be in here. Just sign in regular. Don't let it confuse you like it did me. I tell you, it confused the heck out of me. So uh, don't let it do that to you. Um, and then this morning, when the, the Shanghai show was on, I was very distracted by my computer acting up. Would you please, and the, the people who come to listen to our show don't, don't hear, it's not the same crowd. Would you mind, Nancy, telling your ghost story again with the airplanes and all that stuff? Well, I, I actually told it so it's going to play on Radio 5G tomorrow, too, because it was really an outstanding show. The, it was on the Travel Channel, and it's called Ghost of Flight 401. Oh, that's what it saw. Go ahead. So it might you might find it you might go on travels I don't know you might be able to find it it's two hour show, but it was very very interesting on a lot of aspects. First, do you remember on this show that we had oh, I can't even think of his name it was he was a paranormal investigator. The name just went through my head, and he we had him on and he was talking about different places that he had been. He was from New England, and he was he was talking about the equipment that he had. You know, at the at that time, that was oh, the man with the ghost box. Yes, and yeah. then five years he was bringing in what was new equipment, right? Well, the equipment that they have now to investigate, at least on this show, was it was stupid advanced, and it had a number of different types of cameras that were looking at the scene in different frequencies. There was also not just one type of, of those box, talk boxes or whatever they call them. There was a number of them. And he had at least a dozen of them out. So he got interested in a situation with uh, this plane that crashed. Well, I had only been here a couple of months. And it crashed in the Everglades. Now, this was flight 401 from American Airlines. And they come out of New York and it was coming into Miami. They put the landing down and the nose is out in the lanai. We can hear. I'm sorry. I'm mute. So the um the 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 nose the no the landing gear came up and the button said that everything was down except the nose uh, tire wheel, and so they couldn't really land until they made sure that that was you know they thought maybe it was a light thing in in the cockpit. But they sent the engineer down, whose name was Don Repo, to be able to visually, from underneath the, the, underneath the cockpit, to look at the tire to see if he could see it was in a locked position. 
So that was what was happening. Well, they told the tower that they needed to go around. So they they now to get into Miami Airport, which is Miami is a city on the eastern coast, has to fly over the Everglades. It's in the west, and then land. Well, they so they go around and they go to two thousand feet and they start to muck around with is it the light thing on the control panel and the story is is that they got so fixated on that that they didn't see that they were no longer at 2000 feet when they and they actually played the uh, the tape of what was transpiring between the tower and the plane and the pilot was actually like what what what's going on what's going on because all of a sudden they realized that they were at 900 feet instead of 2000 so he tried to uh get control and raise the plane but didn't didn't get it done they hit the ground then the plane began to just flip over and flip over until it hit a levee in the everglades levee being a where a road was you know they build it out so they get through the everglades and all you you didn't even see anything that looked like a plane it was all pieces of stuff scattered all over the place but like 171 people died, but 73 people actually survived. But because it was the Everglades, because it was a swamp area, the even though the plane was destroyed, the reason a lot of people survived was that the plane kind of like tore apart around them and they ended up in the swamp, in the water. And the swamp is, you know, muddy, but it's not hard. It was like a soft landing type of thing for the people. That's why you get so many people that survived 73 and this plane was like like i say you didn't even see anything that looked like a fuselage so part of the uh, the equipment that was on the plane some of that had the same situation so even though it had come from a completely destroyed aircraft there were different pieces of equipment that were for fully functional so american airlines took that those pieces and put them in other planes and they don't do that for very long before those other planes started having people, particularly the crew, but also passengers seeing ghosts. Uh, this one woman was looking out the window and she was the, in the window seat and it had nobody sitting next to her. It was two, two, two more plays, nobody sitting next to her. But she's looking out the window and she realized she was seeing a reflection of somebody sitting next to her. And she turned around and physically could see to describe who she was seeing. It was somebody in a in a like an a, a American Airlines uniform. And she screamed and then the apparition just kind of like disappears. But the a lot of the crew had flown with the people that died. The pilot, the co-pilot and uh, the engineer, Don Repo, died in the plane. There were only there was like, oh, my heavens. Let's see, there must have been three, four, there must have been about at least 10 people that were like, the, we called them stewardesses at the time, uh, attendants were on the plane and two of them died. The rest of them managed to survive. And this one woman showed a picture that she had taken right before this all occurred while they were flying from New York to Miami. And she took a group picture of the people that were the attendants on the plane. And th there, in one case, this 
woman uh, put her two fingers. As a matter of fact, the woman that had the, you know, I think it was the same woman. I'm not sure, but put two fingers up, you know, like the horns behind this one woman. And another person reached out strangling another one. Well, those are the two people that died. The rest of them survived. And the fact that they had the photograph was because the carry-on carry thing that she had in, in the plane, you know, the camera was in it. And it was the only intact suitcase or container like that that they found. And then it was the camera, and the camera was undamaged. And that's how they got that photograph. So there was a lot of strange things happening. So I know of the story because I actually knew somebody that was part of the research team that tried to figure out. And it was very hushed up. But American Airlines actually, uh, you know, got some uh, in touch with some people and said, can you look at this situation and see what the hell is happening? And they were able to determine that, well, the planes that are having this problem are the ones that had equipment from 401. So they took it all out of the planes and then, you know, the ghost haunting stopped. So the people that were down there doing this show, like I say, the, the guy was really, he was a sweet man. He really wanted, he was just in it to help people. He wasn't, you know, theor theor theoretic, the he wasn't acting and, you know, being, you know, inciting fear. He was just like, what can we do to help you? What's happening here type of thing. And really nice man, but he had all this equipment. And so they got, uh, uh, and, the, and then they had this psychic and the psychic was just amazing. I'd seen her before, very accurate, very accurate. And she does a number of uh, readings in different ways from automatic writing to actually drawing pictures. So she was able to go to the Everglades at, you know, at night and say, oh, I'm getting it over here. Well, I'm also getting it over here. Well, the two places was where the plane hit the first time, started tumbling and then ended up, you know, stopping. So she, she was able to get two places. That's how good she is with this. So they 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 I, I got a feeling that, that because they're ghost hunters that they knew yes there was a lot of reports of hauntings in the Everglades itself especially this one woman screaming crying and so they found out that there was a baby that was in the water they this you know I mean this is an infant and they got the baby they saved the baby and of course take the baby out of the out of the Everglades well in during the show it comes out because of the psychic and because of what was saying being said over the the talking things um, that she she was the mother of this infant and what she saw from her vantage point was somebody was taking her baby away from her because what had happened is that they had somehow gotten locked up in uh, uh, an energy field and they just were kind of trapped so that's what what all this equipment this talking stuff I never understand what they hear I don't hear it but in this case it was absolutely you didn't have any doubt of what what would you know he'd say you know are these things connected and you'd get connect just clear as a bell what's your name Don well it's Don repo they realized after a while this this one guy was the engineer so while they're doing this, so I suspect that maybe they already knew about the 
you know, the, the hauntings on the planes, but they didn't bring it out that they knew. They just sort of brought it out. And then, then we find out this, you know. Uh, so they get a hold of what turned out to be the side window of the cockpit. And they bring this psychic. They got it all wrapped up. She can't see what it is. But um, they said to her, uh, this is a piece of the equipment from the, from a plane. Can, can, from the plane. Can you, you know, just tell us what you're feeling? She doesn't know what she's looking at, you know. But she proceeds to put her hand on it. And she said, I feel like I'm looking out a window right away. And, you know, and she's, so she said a lot more there. But they realized, okay, so she's actually tied into this. Well, when they did a little further research, they found out that another jet, 10 years later, I think it was, Value Jet had had a fire start on the plane as they were, I think that they had taken off and the fire started and they came back. I think that's what it was. But the plane crashed before it got to the airport and everybody on board was killed. But it was only a mile away from the Flight 401. Then somebody who had been researching this from the paranormal and the metaphysics and just, you know, what they knew on the ground and stuff said that that, that there's another component to this, and this is uh, Coral Castle. And Coral Castle is not that far from where all this happened. And Coral Castle, we've done show, you know, a remote viewing of Coral Castle. Ed, and do you remember his last name, Walt? You would. Led... Uh, uh, Leeds, Leeds Skelnan. He's a, he was a, a he's a Icelandic. Is Leeds, Leeds Skelnan uh, is his name. I don't remember where he was from, but he, he, um, he, he actually started this building. And what he was doing was he was taking somehow, somehow, this is all magic. Nobody knows how he could possibly have done it. He was taking and cutting with no, no ability to cut big blocks of coral out of the limestone okay that florida is you know constructed with and building different things like a tower like a door like a door that weighs three tons and you can push it with your finger and it would just spin around uh tables and chairs and he made this whole castle kind of like outdoor interior with it was just amazing but he also made this tower and when I was there, the first one, of the, I think it was about the first or second time I was there. I've been there many times. I met this guy that was like a, a guide. And I think it was at least the second time because the first time we didn't have anybody like that. But this was a guide. And there weren't too many people there. So he and I kind of, he said, I want to show you some stuff because we just got to talking, you know. And he takes me into the bottom of the tower where the lab was where lee would you know go in in there and you know do whatever and he said to me he said he was showing me equipment and he was explaining to me what the equipment he, he was that they thought it was for he said but i'm not sure any of this is true because i need you to he says just pay attention to what you feel right now and he said now take three steps to your left and see what you feel and it was totally different it was very very spooky very very obvious you couldn't deny it and he said, I get it. I, he says, I've got a feeling that there's something different here, that the energies are different, and that somehow Lee could tap into whatever's happening. 
to be able to move these huge blocks that nobody ever saw him working. It just would happen. And he had moved. He had started it up in like Palm Beach and moved it because the locals were sneaking at peaks at him and doing weird things. So, And maybe he just decided it wasn't the right energy point. And he moved to South Miami. And in the moving, he would have a big truck. I'm talking about a big truck. And this was back, ooh, it had to have been, you know, probably in the 40s that he started this. Because a friend of mine in the 50s, as a a young man who lived here all his life, his mother took him out to the site of Coral Castle. And he actually met Lee. And... He, Steve said to me, well, I, do, I remember getting on the bus and we went out there and he said, I remember this man and he was, he had the weirdest eyes. He said they were just big and black and weird. He said, that's the only thing I remember about him was his eyes. So probably in the, in the late 40s. So the truck, that kind of a truck, you know, and he would tell the driver to go around the and then a few minutes later, he'd say, okay, and the driver would come out and this great big tons of limestone block was on his truck. I mean, the stories that go on about this, but, but the key point here is that Coral Castle is not very far from this. And this area that we're talking is the, the corner, the far corner, western corner of the Bermuda Triangle. Miami's actually within the Bermuda Triangle. So they're at Coral Castle, and the guy is saying to them, to, to, this, they were squawking. There was so much noise over those machines. It was unbelievable. And he, say, he, gets, he says, who am I talking to? And somebody said, Chris. And then there was another voice. And, you know, all these different people were like, they wanted to talk. But he said, Don, are you there? And Don said, yes. And so then he says, "Is it, are all of the, is all of these things connected? Yes. Is this some kind? Are you trapped somehow that you can't get out of some kind of an energy field?" And then the word vortex was brought up by you know Don. And so then they realized that there's some kind of an energy situation in that area that it didn't cause the accidents. Per se, because it would have been you're flying and you're flying, you're trying to land this plane. So you're flying through this energy thing and your brain gets scrambled. But the plane is on automatic. You're, you're just traveling. You know, I mean, it's like it's it's a cut and dry. You don't have to think it's all rope. You know how you're driving down the street and all of a sudden you wake up and you're way different than where you thought you were. Same sort of situation. It's an automatic thing. Everybody lands, no problem. But if you've got a problem, like your wheel isn't indicating it's locked, or there's a fire on the plane, and you're, as the pilot, trying to figure out what in the hell is happening, and you can't because you're in a vortex of energy that's keeping you from even thinking. And that's why, in both cases, the pilots were looked at as being the the source of the, the crashes. But um, it taught me so much uh, in a very short period of time listening to that two-hour show because one of the things that was very clear, I don't know that other people watching it would have picked up like I did, 
But when they were in Coral Castle and they're talking to Don and they're trying to figure out what is this vortex thing, he essentially said that they had changed the geography and therefore changed the energy grid so that now you have a vortex of energy that trapped these people from going on to the, you know, the light. And this is like 50 years later. So um, they did do a, a ceremony to open up the gate, the light gate, and, and hopefully that, you know, there wasn't an update on it, but hopefully the people were no longer trapped. But from my standpoint, the concept that they've actually altered the land so that it's messed with the energy signature. This is the same area. If you just go essentially west from there, you're going to end up over the area in the area that I'm in. And that whole area was a floodplain. The Everglades, when it got too full, it would flow into this channel kind of thing. It wasn't like a river. It was more like a channel, like a, a, the land is, is getting lower. And it would pull it towards the east and the Atlantic Ocean right through my property. Because we've had the eagle here, and um, it would seem that it, it's not doing exactly what I wanted it to do, was to keep the flood away from me. But it's doing what a cloudbuster would do, which is to create a communications between the sky and the earth. And that it would make it, it would hopono pono, it, it'd make it better, it'd make it right. And so the the fact I'm getting these floods through here, they're not getting in the house. I'm being protected. The house has been dry in two of three events. Uh, so you got to kind of look at it and say, well, maybe the eagle is doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. It's just not doing what I want it to do, which is I don't want any. I don't want to have to move my car. And I've had to move the car, but it never got in the house by an inch. But it was an inch, you know. So, um, and it's because that they came in and they changed all of the way, the natural way that the water was moving. They put in canals. They changed rivers. They made streams now. Instead of being a stream running by itself to the Atlantic, it's now been detoured towards a river that is emptying out. But still, you've mucked with the geography, and everything is so tied together. I hope that made it clear to you, to you, um, Dolly, because it's it just another, another proof that everything we do is that butterfly effect. You know, if a butterfly flaps its wings, something happens. Yes, everything we do uh, makes. But, but, that reminds me of my years and uh, the uh, high school that I went to in Argentina was a technical high school, and the uh, the the specialty was hydraulics and everything that had to do with water management and stuff like that. So among the subjects that they taught us was uh, what it takes to build a, a dam, like a, a reservoir or a, a dam for generating you know hydroelectricity. And and it and it turns out that building the dam is number one. It's the last thing you do, and it's the fastest thing you do. No matter how how you think that building of a dam is very time consuming and very tedious, and of course, no question about it, it's very expensive. You think that's got to be incredibly long. Believe it or not, it's actually the shortest thing because 
it turns out to my surprise is that the studies that it takes to, to get ready to even get near building anything takes years. You have to study the layout of the land. You have to, to study the uh, the uh, work. Okay, the the, the life, the uh, the vegetation that grows in the area. What kind of wild animals are? How does the water move? They have to look at uh, at the records of uh, like, for example, the um, the hydrology department of, of the government has to keep a record of. Uh, the, the water table and the measurements that have been take, taken over the years. The more measurements you have, the better you can rely on your calculations. So you have to know what were the, like for example, my uh, one of the my professors was actually an engineer working for the government. So giving classes in my school was just a side job for him. And he said, he for example, he said that the rivers in our in our state had um, uh, what he called a um, oh, what's the word? He, he they they have a a hundred year cycle. So every hundred years, these the rivers go from a a peak of a very high high, high amount of water going through the river to a very low. In fact, he says that's the that's the one of the reasons for a big mistake that uh, in 1967, it was the valley of the curve that goes from high to low and back to high. Well, in 1967 was the, lo the lowest of the curve. So they misinterpreted the data. They thought the rivers were drying up. We're going to end up living in, in the middle of a desert. That's not the case because afterwards, after 1967, all of the, the water spills started increasing up again and in fact, they had uh, all these canals that were filled up because we don't need it anymore. You know, the rivers are drying up. Well, they had to be reopened again because now they don't know they don't know where to put so much water. So that's why uh, to build uh, the the dam, it, it it takes years in doing studies because uh, the 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 mo the, mo the most uh, the smallest error has a, a, a tremendous consequence uh, money-wise, human lives. It's just, it's unpredictable which way it could go. So you have to you have to study and study. And when you're done studying, you got to study again all over, make sure you didn't make a mistake. So it, it it's incredible how many things are affected by just the business of putting this plug on this river. <laughs> the consequences are so far reaching is just it takes so long to determine and, and there you have it so <laughs> dolly did that do you understand it or you got any questions about no it? i had seen that same thing you're talking about but i didn't realize that's what you were talking about this morning and and how you tied it all all together was uh, I enjoyed. Yes. yes. So you saw the video? Yeah. Oh, okay. And they were talking to the people, uh, the dead people. But wasn't wasn't that the best ghost? Yeah. Investigation because I've never seen everything lightening up like that. 
and the clarity mm -hmm. of the communications it was really impressive mm -hmm. but i like the, i like the i like the fact that uh they sought to help these people because yes. other other ghost shows i really don't like them because all they all they do is like they it's like they want to poke a stick in a in a wasp nest or something because they're oh let's listen to the, this guy that supposedly died here and that's all they're doing they're looking for the sensationalism okay we're going to get words from whoever died here but okay but they are still people they need to be helped are you going to do nothing about it and it's just the enjoyment of you know putting your hand in a wasp's net nest so i i don't see the i don't like those shows that's no not this guy was so respectful very yeah you know it it uh it was well i was stunned when i realized it was a two hour you know, the one hour went by so fast, and all of a sudden I'm going, oh, my God, this is a two-hour thing. But it was it was really the best show I've ever seen on the subject. And, and like I say, it they, they went all over this area. So, I don't it know. It was really one of the best, better uh, ghost hunters type show because uh, because of how respectful that they were to the people who had died and some of the people didn't even understand they were dead yeah and they went back there and some of the people that had been on the show and families of people that had died went out with them and they put a plaque out there I thought that was so touching memory of the you know yes there's on 401 it was it was so touching so it was uh that's the way we should be you know yes trying to find the information out you know you don't want to talk to us okay but these people they just you know and hopefully now they're all on the other side and i hope so yeah especially the mother of the baby oh i know I know that because now she can see. Her, yeah, now she can see her son as a grown man and his family and everything else. Yeah. You know, what instead a, of caught in that nightmare. What a contrast to the other fellow interviewed by uh, Derek, the one that, that Dali did not like, the the one who uh, the ghost hunter that actually likes annoying ghosts. Oh, Zach! <laughs> he went to see Zach Bagans. Uh, Museum. I, yeah. I do not care for Zach Bagan. What I see in him is pure evil. And he started out really in, inquiring, uh, looking for things. And then um, he kept going to a couple of the ones there where they had the demons. And they, I think one of the demons got a hold of him. And that's why he's turned so much toward the evil as he has. He's always antagonizing to draw them out. And, and it, he's turned more for the, for the show uh, and not for maybe helping uh, the... Uh, 
ghosts that he encounters. But he just goes to the places where he knows it's going to be evil. Uh, it's sad. It makes me sad. Hello, Moto. Oh, jeez. What was that? Walter. Oh, my gosh. What are you doing, Walt? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway, Walt, are you there? Maybe it was his phone and he answered his phone. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, oh, do you have... Anyway, is asking, is the video easy to find? I don't know. I, I just know it was on TV channel Travel. So if yes. you look up the travel channel and see, the name of it was The Ghost of Flight 401. You can probably just do a Google search and see what you find. Because uh, I think it's an older, well, I think, the, I know the crash was in 72, and they said it was 50 years, so it's 22 that they put it together. Now, whether this is, you know, sometimes it takes that long to, it did, wasn't saying it was a new show. I don't think, I don't think I saw that. I just got so into it, <laughs> so. You know. yeah, it was easy to get into. Yes, yes, it was. What? And, and because I had had personal experience with it, I mean, it just it. Well, at that time, I was living very close to Coral Castle, and not very far from where this all happened. Yeah. In both I, cases, actually. I enjoyed. Uh, Sightseeing at that, at that place. Oh, I lost my vocabulary oh, again. Yeah, oh. at the castle. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. I'd like to go there in person, but it's way down by you. So you didn't get here in person? No. Oh, no, when I was sight, not sighting. It was, oh, the remote viewing. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, the problem with um, what's happened there, last time I was down there, <coughs> they've, they've gone and they, it, it used to all be, um, there wasn't any pathways. I mean, there were pathways, but it was all dirt. Now they've got a pavement in there and... It's gotten commercialized. Uh, I, I said once when I left there, I said, I'm not going to ever come back because it's not the same place. Yeah. Although somebody. Oh, it was Rose from one of the people who lived in the condominium I worked at. I told her about it and she went down there with her daughter or something. And she was just amazed. And she's not real totally woo woo at all. Uh -huh. You know, but when you when you see what this one man did, you, you know it's impossible. Yeah. But you can look it up. Look up Coral Castle. We did a a remote view years ago, and um, it was a Coral Castle. And the only thing that anybody knew was I had given them a number that I had stipulated in my own little reality was Coral Castle. And so we send them off on a remote view, and, and Dolly came back, and she was like, I saw this waterfall, and I saw this parking lot, and I saw this, and this, and this, and this. 
And I said to Walt, what did you see? And he said, was it the Giza Plateau? And I said, well, we'll talk to you in a minute. And then I showed, <laughs> I showed them, I gave them a, a links to photographs of Coral Castle. And, and Dolly was like, yes, that's what I saw. That's what I saw. That's what I saw. And so I go back to Walt and I said, um, Walt, I said, Google Giza Plat Plateau and see if you can't get a satellite photo. And so, you know, he, he does. And then I said, now Google Coral Castle and see if you can get a satellite, an air, you know, Google Earth or something. And so he sees that picture. We all see that picture. And it essentially looks like the same thing when you're up above it, the way the layout is. And um, I said, gee, does that look like what you saw? And he was like, yes. But he wouldn't say another word. <laughs> he would not say another word. So I don't know if you want to say another word here, what you were thinking at the time, but it was really funny. I guess not. I don't remember all the details. Ah. Yeah, it probably freaks you out. Your mind put it on the... <laughs> not going to think about that. <laughs> so that was a couple years. Yeah, many. Oh my gosh. Many. Uh, I it, it's, time just bewilders me. I know my friend I was talking to said <clears throat> said her mother had died four years before that, and I was absolutely stunned. I couldn't believe it was four years. Yeah. Wow. Well, it was fun. I enjoyed it. <clears throat> okay. Um, I think I went through my list. Oh no, we've got fifteen minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I did. We did that. Yeah. 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 Did it all. Can we do what the mainstream media does and just invent something? <laughs> well, we always say it's fantasy. Well, we say it's imagination. Always have what we say. If we're looking at them, the, what's out there, it's fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I don't know what to, uh, let's see. What? Well, <clears throat> tomorrow on 5G, because I've already done the show. There's this woman who, Annie Holmes, H-O-L-M-E-S, I think. Anyway, she's going to be um, talking to uh, Jeffrey Pather, Pather. And it's about how much control can be obtained over different people. And the way that she's getting to to the information is that she's developed a computer way of listening to sounds that like, you know, targeted people would say, I'm under attack and can hear things in my head. <clears throat> this is the way I understand that she was doing it. I might be wrong, but I think I got the gist. So she would take recordings of the what was happening in the house and those recordings could then be processed to see what else might be captured, very much like the the 
voice boxes they're using, you know, in the ghost hunting. But look to see what other frequencies are being are being carried by the uh, you know the television by the the motor on the refrigerator. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that can be happening that um, can also be carrying what sort of subliminal but different frequencies that nobody can hear. And then she can you know find out that there's actually messaging and she's done over 4,000 uh, cases of targeted individuals and being able to determine, you know, yes, and here's the proof of it. And, you know, a lot of, I don't know how she's she's about been allowed to do this, but there's a lot of truth coming out. It's almost like the truth sayers are now being protected in some very big ways. But is, is it there, did she find uh, among so many cases, you're saying 4,000 cases, is there like a pattern? Is there some uh, an underlying thread connecting all these people? Why are they targeted? Do they all share something in particular that's common to all of them? Are they all capable of something that it nobody was else? An, it was only an hour show, Walt. She oh. might have that information, but this was only an hour show. But oh. what she did, what she did get talking about was the mass shooters. And, you know, like, um, again, because it's only an hour, you're not getting the, she's, her, her position was, is that she was doing electronic forensics. And it's done by acoustical. What's on the sound? You know, what are we hearing in, in the sounds? And so that was what she was focused on. But she was able to take different video maybe body cams maybe uh, radio transmissions from the some of these big shooting situations and pull in subliminal programming and she was talking about the guy that went through the back door that was unlocked and apparently they could get this messaging that came through saying you know go to the back it's unlocked so it's like she's able to kind of like demonstrate that these people that are in these these mass shooting things are really being mk ultra and controlled remote you remote control puppets manchurian candidate type of stuff mm. which you know i've never heard anybody so in detail and sort of nonchalantly discussing uh, how she's breaking this information out of just, you know, typical signals that are already recorded. She said that, how did she put it? She said, sometimes all you're seeing is video. She said, the video does me no good. I need the audio. It's the audio that's carrying this subliminal acoustic. And she never made the leap to avail herself of a remote viewer because more useful would be, okay, where is this control signal coming from? Who's sending this message? Well, she can break that out because she can follow the signals in some cases. Now, I'm just giving you one case of how she works, but I got to tell you, she's <clears throat> she's like a, you know, I think she's was prior military. She's very, very technical. 
It's no woo-woo. She she wouldn't probably doesn't even know what remote viewing is. Mm. That's not where she's coming from. She's coming from science. But anyway, the the hour uh, was will be on tomorrow on Radio Five G, and then um, Mark and I talk for an hour. I actually tell this story about the Everglades thing on that show. Uh, I just seen it the night before. Oh man, it was weird. So, okay then. Um, now, well, that way you had a fresh memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I'm glad you saw it too. That that happens to us a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> now tonight on um, Oak Island. They're going to prove that there is gold. They are finally. Yeah. yeah. Well, are you because, watching Skinwalker? Yes. Oh. But but tonight, um, it's the last episode of this year, and for Oak Island. Oak Island, yeah. And for those that don't follow it, uh, Oak Island is for two hundred years been thought to be a place that they buried buried treasure. And for the last, I guess, going on nine years now, uh, this these two brothers and now this team of people have been trying to get to the treasures. There's no, in the initial episodes, you weren't even sure there was a treasure, but now they know there's treasure. And primarily because they had taken, you know, small, like, four-inch pipes and gone down and see what's underneath them and big pipes i mean one of them was like you know five feet wide and i mean just digging up this island like you can't even believe but they ended up back at what was called the money pit because that was the area that they thought was the place that these three boys they were on the island it's a small very small island off you know like off the coast of canada up near nova scotia and these boys see an indentation in, in the soil and are kind of looking at it. And then they realize that above it was a, 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 what do they call that, a tack where they've got a wheel that has, you know, you put the rope through so you can lower things or raise oh, things. the tackle. Pulley. <clears throat> Pulley tackle situation, yes, thank you. Right above it in the tree. So they started digging. And they found themselves 10 feet down, there was a wooden floor. And then they dug that up. And then 10 feet down, there was another one. And 10 feet down, there was another one until they came to a, uh, the wood. And they were just planks, you know, like loggy type things. They see this stone on it. And the stone's got some kind of symbolic writing on it. Well, they went through that and they ended up and this is where it gets murky you're not sure what happened at that after that point but they ended up with uh, a couple of they, I've heard three chests full of gold and silver three yeah I heard that I, it could be you know it was just one of those things that came out you know but um, apparently they um, and the kids have disappeared no no no, they were well known. The whole story is very well known. But what happened was they decided there might be more. And so then it takes off and you've got people like 
FDR, Roosevelt. <laughs> you know, he, he ended up coming to Oak Island because he's a Freemason and there was a every every group of people that have gone and started trying to find out where where more treasure is. The treasure is linked to pirates, to the Knight Templars, all over the place. They have found artifacts all over the island indicating that, yes, there was a military presence here, <clears throat> the British. Yes, this is a Masonic symbol. Yes, you know, I mean, it's like this, like I say, this is, I think, nine years that they've been doing this story. So and I don't really know, I don't remember or didn't see it why they ended up going back to the area that they thought was the money pit, but they weren't sure. And so what they did was they found a, a, a like a, like a, a wooden, tu uh, not a tunnel, but like, a, like you're digging a well, you know, and, and you got the wood, they could see the wood. So they decided to excavate this thing and rebuild it. And so for the last year, it started last year, they've been rebuilding this, why, why I can't think of what the, what the word is, but this downward tunnel, and now they're at the bottom of it. And Gary is going to bring in his Geiger or his uh, metal detector dolly. Oh. Okay. Oh. And I've seen a clip where he's got the metal detector in the water, and he's going, "That's all gold." <laughs> so. That's how well, they ended yeah. up getting, oh, that's how they ended up back there, was that they, somebody said, you know, all you need to do, you drilled all these holes, and you know you got water down there, so just test the water and see if you get the indication of gold and silver. And so they went around, and they tested all the water, and they absolutely found the gold and silver in the, you know, is, is leftover stuff that indicates gold and silver is down in the water. And... It, it kept getting more and more the closer they got to the area that they thought the money pit was in. That's why they focused on the money pit. So tonight, um, yeah, tonight should be a, a very big, you know, because right now I'm not, I don't get really excited because we know it's down there. It's just a matter yeah. of how to get there. The one I'm getting excited over is that Skinwalker Ranch. Yes. They're, which they're is, finding exciting stuff. That, that is one crazy story. Oh, yeah. They're seeing phenomena that is not there. Right. <laughs> you know, it's it's like they, they oh, it, it, there's too much to it to even explain it. And yeah. I, I'm hoping that uh, we get, like, I feel like, okay, a lot of people thought I was crazy, probably you too, for spending so much time watching Oak Island. Yeah. But it's been such a mystery, and it's been such a journey, and it's the number one show on the History Channel. It's very, very popular, and we know there's gold and silver down there. We know there is definitely a Knight Templar connection to it, and I think that they're going to find, you know, the missing jewels of Israel. I think that they're going to find the Ark of the Covenant down there. But didn't they start going over that way and? And exploring it because the wood, the brick uh, pathway was starting to lead that way. Yeah, I mean it's all, and and they trace it back to the time of the Templars. It's Templar thing. Yeah. It's like unbelievable. And we're at the end of the show, so you guys want to say good night to people. 
Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening, and thanks to the chatters in the chat room. Thanks for chatting with us, and uh, please, some of the listeners, uh, come in, join us. Don't forget love blankets. Okay, I'm done. (laughs) Love you. Bye-bye. Good night, everybody, and thank you very much for keeping us company. It was a wonderful time. Yes, and um, there's a raffle going on at mysticalwares.com, and it's you can look at the other promos for the Shungite show if you go to the archives. And Don't you forget can... Walt's Paradigm right. Tools. NewParadigmsTools.net. Right, right. And uh, we just, the station just went down, so... We're on the uh, recording, but we're not connected anymore. No, now it just connected again. Just at the end of the show. <laughs> Be safe, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Radio 5G, hopefully. And uh, otherwise, you know, just thank you for being here and supporting us. And the reason I'm stumbling here is because I can't find... What am I doing? Oh, okay. Preaching. Preaching. The You have been listening to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, produced by Cosmic Reality Radio. Thank you for listening. Choose your heart.